Uh, hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, uh, trouble with getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to do is try to create a safe place where you can set aside whatever is keeping you awake, whether it's thinking, feeling, sensing, like sensing things physically, hopefully no extrasensory. Uh, maybe we could talk about that. I don't know if I've ever covered that. Like, uh, But if, if you're ex- any sensory sensing or extrasensory sensing, but whatever outside noises, partner snoring, whatever it is that's keeping you awake, I'm going to try to take your mind off that. I'm going to use uh, lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, wings of pointlessness, um, li- you know, lists. You know, do thing. You know, what are those called? Like, uh, like when a car won't start, but you're trying to make a sentence. Uh, stalled sentences. I guess that's something I haven't talked about before. Stalled sentences. Uh, but whatever it is, all these techniques, I'm going to try to create a safe place. I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night uh, to, to, to escort you over the threshold from wake to sleep. And I guess I kind of talked about uh, extra ESP, they call it, or extrasensory perception. And I don't know a lot about that. But I guess like I'm willing to make a, 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 a obtuse connection here during the opening. So if you're new here... Uh, these intros, like, uh, they're part of the podcast. Some people, you could fall asleep during the intro. It's not going to bother me. But it does try to set up for people. I guess it sets the stage. Yeah, you say, okay, what does it set the stage for? Well, then I'm going to be indirect. I'm going to ramble. I'm going to start talking about ESP, and then I'll try to make it into a metaphor for the podcast. Then I'll take my time. I'll make some observations about what thoughts are going through my brain. Then I'll try to reset about this. So so if you're new here, that's what's going to be going on. And uh, so welcome. But I guess I do wonder about this. Uh, like uh, when people talk about extrasensory per- perception, sometimes it's talked about as this grand thing. But sometimes I wonder, like you, maybe a lot of you have heard about sympathetic vibrations, uh, and you say like, like with a tuning fork, I think every therapist I've ever been with has used that metaphor with me. And like, uh, what they, they say is like, if you have one tuning fork and it's vibrating at a, fr- a certain frequency and you bring it towards another tuning fork, the other tuning fork will start vibrating sympathetically or something like that. Also, the sympathetic yawning. I think probably someone understands that, but I just assume, like you said, let's just try it out. That's like that's a yawn. And sometimes people have a, and this is a perfect, you say, what is the best podcast? Where do you get your sympathetic yawns? Well, now, Sleep With Me will be packed with them, maybe. Uh, you know, new new technique I just came up with, the sympathetic. But, but we talk about ESP. I wonder if, because here's the thing, when I make this podcast, I try to stay calm. I try to take my time getting there. And I try to set a mood, a safe place where you can say, okay, what's this safe place? Well, one, you're under no pressure to fall asleep, but this thing is here to put you to sleep if it can. Uh, two... 
you you can hear this podcast and you can play it, but you don't have to pay attention and you don't even have to listen. You don't have to, pro, you, you know, you could let it get to your eardrum or you could let, you don't have to process it. If you do process it, you don't have to make sense out of it. Um, uh, but but what, I guess what I'm trying to say is uh, once it hits you, oh, the sympathetic vibration, getting distracted, that's another technique I use. Like one thing is, you know, I'm not a naturally calm, chill person, uh, believe it or not. Like uh, this person that's, you know, just saying, hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing is someone. The reason I make the podcast is because I suffered from the mind racing. And I guess like that that's what gives me the dedication to keep making this is to say, geez, if this can distract someone out there that's been stuck lying in the deep dark night, lying in bed, looking at the ceiling, thinking, 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 or something relatable to that, maybe not the same thing, but something similar, uh, then geez, like that, that's very like, how, how could I not be honored to do so? But there's also the element of being able to do it. Like part of me making the podcast is trying to calm down that overthinking part of me that goes on during the day. So when I'm recording the podcast right now and you're listening to me and I'm trying to use these lulling, soothing tones, there's also part of me inside uh, the same part of me at bedtime that's constantly evaluating and worrying or criticizing or overthinking and, you know, kind of commenting on almost everything I say. And I found to make the podcast, like I say, hey, let's just calm down. You know, we're trying to make a sleep podcast here and we're just going to do the best job we can and we're going to take our time getting there. We'll try to be silly. We'll try to have a little bit of fun. But it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, it'd be great if we could do our best job. Uh, but, you know, it's really hard to do my best job when you're evaluating everything I'm saying. And I think this is a safe place, too, that we're recording the podcast. Most of the listeners are really positive people and they're really appreciative and they're quick to say thank you and say supportive things. So I don't know if there's a big reason you should be freaking out like, like in evaluating. Like, I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to do the sleep podcast intro. And I'm going to use those things we talk about on the show. And I think you'll be okay, too. And so while I'm making the podcast, there is this, like, dual thing going on where I'm trying to keep myself calm. And I, I, I don't know how to even package that in a way that makes it describable. But I think that's one of the things that works about the podcast. And I think that's what I mean when I say sympathetic vibration. Or is there an extrasensory form of perception that's going on? And maybe it's not extrasensory. Maybe it's just uh, your earbuds or your ears, your eardrums. I guess your earbuds. Maybe you have sentient earbuds, and that would be a whole other issue. Uh, but whatever it is, like, I think there's, like, this relatable thing where it's, like, if I can stay calm, it helps me keep you calm. And then when I, when the listeners are, when, when people like you are falling asleep and, and getting a good night's sleep and then you're letting me know, then it kind of calms me. So, so I think not only is it a sympathetic vibration, but it's also the exact opposite of the critical part of us. So like that is kind of like a form of circular thinking that says, well, you'll never fall asleep. You're doomed. And they say, well, I can't fall asleep. And says, yeah, because you, I don't know why you can't fall asleep because you're doomed because you can't do anything. And they say, well, I'm going to have trouble doing anything right tomorrow. 
if I can't sleep. Um, and they kind of see, so this is a different, it says, Hey, I'm going to stay calm. I'm going to do the best podcast I can to try to help the listeners fall asleep. And, uh, you know, that's all I can do. And I'll try to take my time and, and I'll try to make, you know, I'll just do my best and we'll be okay. I think self-critic, you know, and you can criticize me after the intro, you could go, you know, go right after me as soon as I stop hitting record. Well, let's just make this fight. You know, let's just do this one thing. It'll only take us like an hour. How's that sound? And I think somehow that is some sort of vibration. And believe me, it's taken me most of my life to kind of even uh, think about this kind of stuff. And if you're new here, I don't know, I guess I rambled. Uh, that's an incoherent ramble with some attempt to coherence it. Coherization, that's a new thing I'm working on. Working on the pronunciation of that, too. Uh, but I guess if you're new here, I'm, I'm glad you're here. So this podcast is a little bit silly. It's uh, different. It's, it includes extra rambles. Uh, it, uh, it, but it's well-intentioned, I, I guess, and it comes from a place of being there. Because like, I've, I've, I've been there, and I've like, been on the border of losing hope, uh, lying there in bed, wondering if, and, and debating, should I get out of bed, should I get... So this podcast, it doesn't work for everybody. But if you've tuned in and this is your first few times, I hope it works for you. Sometimes it takes a few times to get used to it. I mean, it's totally different than anything normal. And it's it's actually, you say, well, this is weirder than the weird stuff. And I'd say, that's right. Uh, I'd say it's more, I say it's odder than the weird stuff, but let's not quibble over words. Uh, but if this podcast can help you out, if it can take your mind off of stuff and uh, take you to sleep, it, like, uh, it, it'd it be awesome. And, and it'd be my honor to do so. Yeah, because it, cause it's like, geez, man, if I can help you, I guess that's what the sympathetic vibration thing is proving. Or maybe it's just ESP. Maybe everyone that has trouble sleeping actually has ESP. And we'll discover that. Like, I don't think we're going to discover it right now. But, um, like, uh, by, by me doing my best and then the listeners falling asleep, believe it or not, you're doing me a huge favor by falling asleep to listening to this podcast. And so it's kind of like a two-way, like a two-way, one of those automatic pet feeders, I think is the wrong metaphor. But that's just what popped into my head is like, uh, so maybe let's just say that this is like an automatic uh, pet feeder for sleep. And I don't think that makes any sense. Uh, but what I'm mainly saying is I'm glad you're here. Uh, and I really hope I can help you fall asleep. And thanks so much for stopping by. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to our episodic series, Nuns in Space. It's a uh, episodic so if you miss all the other episodes this one this actually be a good one to catch up on uh but each each episode is is kind of independent but it, they're all also connected uh but you can kind of start anywhere that's what i'm saying you don't need to lose sleep about oh this is episode whatever and it's a story of nuns in space scoots our hero and stan his best friend and a soft trusty software interface and also a freestyle soda machine uh, are on a spaceship with the nuns from Scooter's childhood. You know, and you see, let's not quibble about whether they're the actual nuns or not, but the, the nuns from Scooter's childhood, they're on a spaceship searching the universe for delusion in a quest to find the Nichez, a ship that contains something uh, very important that they're searching for on an episodic basis. 
And here's our intro per about time. As uh, ladies and gentlemen, so boys and girls and the friends beyond the binary, it's time for another episode of the nuns in space. The nuns in space. Oh, wow. Okay, thank you, my friend. Okay, I know he starts his messages with hello, pen pal. But I also know you're not his pen pal, but you record these recordings. Okay, my name is, well, you could call me Sister Benice. That's what I'm known as on this ship. Uh, and I guess it was entered into the ship's log at some point. Officially, I'm known as Sister Benice on the ship. You're, you're, you're blinking, so I'm taking that as a yes. Uh, but I'm Sister Benice. I was the commanding officer of the Monte Carmelo. Now I'm the captain of the Monte Carmelo, but in, uh, I no longer command the ship unless we are in a battle situation because of... Uh, uh, anyway, it's not important... I am here to represent myself and the crew of our ship, the Monte Carmelo. And I've brought statements that I'm, I'm am going to present on behalf of the other crew members. Okay, sister, you said that you're here because you claim Scooter's unfit to command the ship. Uh, Can you explain to me exactly what you mean? Uh, well, yes, I'm. I'm prepared. I, I have. I have many examples of how he is unfitted to, to command this ship. And you know, if, if you want to consult with possible solutions, I mean, we had a couple perfect solutions ready. Uh, but I have the the statements from the crew, which which I will present. And I also have a general statement of my own, if I could make that. Is this all going on recorded record? You're saying. Yes, sister. Yes, your sister it is. Well, as I was saying, this young man, if, 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 I mean, depending how you define that, is just, he's not fit for duty. I, he's not fit for barely anything. I mean, by happenstance, he has taken control of our ship and become an unwanted necessity. Uh, but it's, it's clear to anyone, and if after I make these, uh, re- read you these reports, it'll be even more clear that he is a disturbed individual uh, with uh, delusions and illusions of grandeur and common sense. I don't know what has happened to this young man and his, his ability to make common sense. His decisions are rash, his mouth is mouthy, he is rash and brash. He is disgusting in the way he speaks. When he, of course, when he's talking to his pen pal, uh, but he, he's, he, he's, his actions are, are uh, and he has no, he's no uh, grasp of our mission. He is willing to be an essential part of a mission he does not understand. Uh, nor have a dedication to. Okay, sister, could you tell, okay, can you back up here? Now, how exactly did you come to be connected with with, with Scooter? Well, I I do not know where you want me to start, but you could redirect me if you need to. Feel free, I'm only here 
to present the facts and in in my opinions, which should carry some weight as the commander of this ship and the, and the one responsible for the mission we are on. Uh, but as as uh, as I said, we we met this scooter now. Uh, we, we we here on the Monte Carmelo were given a mission, and I don't need to go into the details. Uh, but at some point, another ship within our group, our sisterhood, uh, if you will, the Neches, was, was sent from Earth, in a far Earth orbit, and it was supposed to go through the cloud of delusion that was circling planet Earth. And on that ship, I cannot tell you what was on that ship or whom was on that ship, other than they were part of our sisterhood. And uh, I, the, the ship, I have trouble talking about this uh, publicly, because, uh, but the fate of our, our sisterhood, of uh, humanity, and of the entire universe at large, depending on how of all living creatures across galaxies rests on the fate of this ship, the Neches. And I don't say that in a light way. Now, it's a long, the long term, I, I should say that. So there's a, luckily, uh, but anyway, the Neches had gone into the cloud with the top pilot, the, the top the delusion cloud pilot, or as the scooter says, a harbor pilot or driver uh, to, to escort and fly the Neches from far earth orbit to, to the other side of the cloud uh, from Bengal Bay. I don't remember the details now because my brain has been racked with uh, stress for these past, uh, this time we've been with the, uh, Anyway, so I'm sorry. I'm trying to stay focused on the facts, but so so many things to. I think he's wearing off on me. Uh, but the Nichez was launched on the mission. It was already on a mission, so but it had to get through the cloud. And once it was through the cloud, it was to be met by escorts, where it would be safely escorted, and everything would have been fine, perfectly fine. And if it wasn't for this irritating cloud, we would have it would have it would have been a non-issue, because it could have been escorted right out of the Earth, or we could have been escorted from Earth uh, to 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 where it was heading. But as things have happened with this cloud, even with the better pilots, the best pilots, uh, the best navigation, the most advanced techniques, optics, were all theoretical things that could assist the ship in getting through the cloud. The Nidishes did not arrive at its destination at its scheduled time or many much time after that, and it was presumed because the cloud was being watched that the Nidishes never left the cloud. And that was both a, a terrifying thing, but also a good thing. So we said, okay, it's contained within the cloud. Uh, the ship, as far as we knew, did not leave the cloud, but we were watching. Anyway, we said, okay, well, we don't know where the ship is, but we know where it is generally. And then we did, we, we set forth, uh, so we set forth to find our way to define the Neches recover the Neches, and continue on its mission. And that was what I and my crew were tasked with. And, of course, of parallel crews, this was not a one, we were not the only mission, you know, just in your fail-safes, as they say. 
and I'm not in contact with any of the failsafe teams, you know, but I know they haven't, if they found in the chest, we would have heard from them. So we set forth with designing a plan to find the Neches within the cloud. And we were approached by a group uh, that told us they would be able to help us. They had heard about our plight. Uh, they knew the gravity of it. Uh, they knew the expense, and, 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 and we, they were willing to negotiate uh, terms to help us find the Neches. And they said they would get a very, very high rate of confidence that they could help us find it. Uh, sister, could I just interrupt you for some questions here? Was that Gartox Group one, and what was the cost uh, that they were charging for you to discover the uh, Neches? Uh, yes, the being known as Gartox was involved with. Uh, I'm not at liberty to talk specifics uh, because I'm I'm sworn to secrecy. And as far as the the the, the arrangement that we made. I guess now I see it as invalid because they had claimed they had proof. And now I have a belief that we were being played as well. But at the time, we were set forth. To, to, we were under the understanding that the, the Gartox group would help us find the Neches and carry it on our mission. Now, I believe, uh, I'm not 100% certain of this, but that they had much much more devious plans, including capturing the Neches, possibly. Or maybe something unrelated. I, I, I don't know. I, I've, 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 uh, I've racked and racked my brain. Uh, but they said there was this one harbor pilot uh, named Scooter who was a foolhardy lad. I think that was the Gartok's words exactly, a fool. It would have been to just shorten it to fool. But uh, that he was uh, simple-natured, but excellent at getting through the cloud, second to third best of the three uh, that were currently getting through, uh, able to transverse the cloud or trend, whatever you call it. And he, he said he would arrange for everything and that it, at a given time, he, he had given, he said he would plant a device, which I guess he planted on you, and that we would be able to find uh, the Neches within the cloud. We would take over. Anyway, it's, I can't tell you the details because it's all confident. Uh, sister, would you say you're lying about a lot of things, or deceiving Scooter, deceiving Stan, and... Uh, at the cost, you're putting your mission above above those things. Exactly, exactly correct. Our mission, the, the mission of uh, protecting the universe of all living creatures, uh, sentient beings, uh, powered beings that may not be sentient. I don't know what your situation is. You seem in, a, but you seem very fair to be a judge. But that uh, yes, we 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 were we we were trying to do to save the world. I mean the universe. So uh, yes, we're willing to bend the truth when necessary or make sacrifices for the mission. And that is the problem uh, that is at hand right now. Okay, sister, why don't you go ahead and read me? Uh, do you have any uh, statements of your crew? Uh, yes, I do. Is it not a state? It's a, like a, a, it's not a good word for word statement. I'm here on the behalf. But uh, yes, uh, Sister Caroline, who was one of uh, 
my sisterhood, and, and that's what she's known as on the ship, according to the ship's log. And the ship's computer, which Scooter says is a solid, permanent, solid state, he's told the computer of the our ship. Uh, anyway, not at this point, it's not worth quibbling over, but Sister Caroline had decided uh, to leave. The, 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 she, she was so upset by the, the circumstances and working with Scooter that she had decided to leave the ship uh, right around her birthday, which I'm sure you remember her birthday. And she was going to set out on her own. She said this was no good and that she could. And we said, well, this man, unfortunately, this Scooter does have a power of of tracking. He's a delusion tracker. And she said, I'll find him. You know, I'll crawl the universe looking for the delusion trackers. And she wanted to. There's also this schism between us about should we just give up and go find Gartok? And investigate that, but with but uh, that is not our mission. Our mission is not to understand. Uh, our mission is to find the Natchez. It is that simple. And it would be like, well, we'd go find. We'd have to find. Our mission is not to find Gartok, even if the it's complicated, and we've debated it back and forth. But unfortunately, Scooter's d- d- ability to see these trends in delusion, uh, it, with his mismanagement, but, it, but before he mismanages things, we've come very close to some clues, some solid evidence. And so, even though we have no trust in him, but we, 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 we need, you know what I mean, but Sister Carolyn, she was not having, she said, I don't care, I'm gone. Uh, but she is very a in a we 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 would miss her. We one, uh, two. She is highly skilled at what she is good at, and we would be lacking in her skill sets. And Scooter and yourself, Stan, uh, don't have complementary skills to offset that loss. Uh, she's also the expert on the Nichez's security protocols. And some other things about the Niches and the cargo and the, the, the staff on board, uh, which is why she thought she could strike out on her own because she figured if someone had gotten it anyway, we would need those. We would need her if we were to find to complete our mission. It would be very difficult without Sister Caroline, but she had decided without a doubt she was gone. And as we 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 really worried, and we stayed up a day and night trying to find a way to keep sister. And also, you know, we've been working together. This isn't our first mission. Is it? You know, as poorly as this has gone, we've been a team for some time. Uh, so we would miss her. So we tr- tried to come up with a plan. And we had had the one piece of physical evidence: the door of the Natchez. And we knew we needed that, and we also said, well, let's get the same. Scooter seems to be interested in the level of delusion coming off of that. And we said, well, if we we can just find a way uh, to keep Scooter, uh, but not have him in charge of the ship and not have him moving around the ship, like, uh, you know, to keep him on board, uh, but but non-mobile. Excuse me, sister. Uh, so you were going to capture Scooter with the table, is that correct? I guess the table was a device, was going to be a device 
It was very comfortable. It had padding, and it would have just held Scooter in place. We, he would have been still on the ship with us. He would have been able to communicate. We would have eventually worked out of, of a more of a, a longer-term solution within the brig. But we also wanted to see. We were curious. We wanted to get, gather some data if he was that close to the ship, to the, to the pieces of the Neches. Would there be some sort of delusional fusion? And uh, what would happen there? And we knew once Sister Caroline saw that, she would... Uh, she would be. We we thought would win her back just seeing him it, it, held by the table. You know, it wasn't a table. Only Scooter thought it was a table. It was a, a device for holding Scooter. Uh, you know, for Sister Caroline, and that was going. It was going to be a birthday surprise. It would have been funny. I mean, not for Scooter, but he would have been comfortable, and we were. He would have made jokes. I'm sure of it. And so we had that plan. We were going to catch him, and we were waiting for the opportunity. And the table was independent, so we figured he couldn't override the table. And we actually had a, had an arrangement. Uh, we had figured out we, that he would we had, we had manipulated Scooter as well for the dessert planet. Uh, we had attempted to plant those ideas in his head, and we'd set up, uh, well, I'll be honest, we didn't set anything up. We just knew that he knew that he was planning on going there, and we did enough research to know that it, that would be a battle. And we knew Sister Caroline, she was, she is repulsed by dessert. So we figured that uh, we would get there and we'd be prepared. And we would ho we were hoping, and we also thought, well, we could always call in some sort of battle. Like if we had, we had called, anon you know, we contacted them anonymously. I'm sure you tracked some of the outbound calls, but they were scrambled. Uh, but then there was some debate again about the ethics of this, about the capturing Scooter and lying and what if there's something like was stirring the pot with this dessert planet that had been, you know, off-listed because it was such a, that they were such a testy people from probably too much dessert. I think that is the case, is it not? We also knew Sister Caroline would probably fly into some upset state and, uh, I don't know, we, we knew we were playing with fire, but the mission... If we could have got there, we would have been able to keep Sister Anne, we would have kept Scooter, and I would have taken command of the ship. So it would have been the perfect situation. And, you know, now you're in a position to do that in a much more ethical way than we were. But we had the task at hand, and we had, we said, we're so close, we have this piece of the chess. We have Scooter. We need Sister Carol Ann. Can, can we make this happen? And we said, okay, this is, we, we debate, again, we, we do a lot of discussing. It's just that you, there's no reason discussing it in front of him and or you because we, we uh, it's our business. This is our ship. Uh, but then it was not as easy as we thought. We knew it would be difficult uh, to navigate in uh, to get Scooter, but it, actually things started to fall into place. We uh, got to the diverse desert planet. Sister Caroline was upset with Scooter. And then Scooter was upset with the desert planet, all of which we predicted, which caused uh, some conflict. And then the desert planet decided to try to capture us, which is what we predicted would happen. Uh, but unfortunately, we underestimated the power of the... Uh, 
uh, the desert planet's forces, and then his uh, of all the uh, you know Sugura used the ta- the his the table as he called it. Uh, to and of course he had to he created uh, you know what happened he saved us, but he also lost the two things the thing that was Sister Caroline was going to steal actually we found out later uh, to track down Godtok and the table uh, two pieces of evidence that would have ha- I mean creating a situation where we needed Scooter more than ever we were no longer in charge of the ship and. Uh, Sister Caroline, Caroline had no reason to leave, so we were basically, uh, and also like we wouldn't have got out of there without his foolhardy uh, actions. So it was we, we were we were humbled, uh, but also, you know, he could be third in command of a ship. Like we say, okay, we need something wacky. We're we're here. We're desperate now. Let's call him down. You know, we'll, we'll make it a really nice room that he could stay in. Don't worry, everything he wants. Uh, so that that was what. Uh, so that's Carol Ann's presentation, I guess, on her behalf. Now, Cecily Ann wants to talk about this Weavers incident because it's also you know we have a belief system and a code we live by. And just because we're you know now that we're tasked with saving the entire universe over the long term of seeing this mission through, it's put us in conflict with some of our beliefs. But deep down, you know, we, 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 we normally fight for the underdog, which you'd say, but not the, the dog. I don't know. So this whole Weaver situation was also very disturbing, where once again we had a very clear situation. You had a planet of people, innocent people, uh, being bothered by these universe, these elite demigods or whatever. They're, these are the these are the creatures that are causing a lot of the conflict in these universal situations. We also had a planet that not only was being being you know being uh, messed with by you know hoity-toity weavers, but the planet also had an essential clue that we would be able to access if we protected them from these these jerks. And so, of course, they, there was an easy solution. They said, hey, we, we're, we're ready for you. We, it seemed like, uh, as they said, it was foretold our arrival, that we would come and they, we would help them and they would help us continue on our mission. I think Scooter left out all that part, you know, the celebrating and them saying the key, you know, it is in the prophecy, the key to your journey is here on our planet and the way we were, you know, that 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 is, you know, the barter system we were working on. Uh, so uh, then we set out to take take care of these weavers, and then of course Scooter had to intervene. He said, "Well, let's just talk to them first. It seems like they have an important job." And I said, "Well, no, no, they they say they have an important job. Uh, that they're weaving." I said, "Who weaves?" I said, "What is it that doesn't exist weaving?" And he said, would you, just because you don't believe it doesn't mean it doesn't exist, sister. And I said, Oy. But of course he wanted to talk to them. And of course they said, no, 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 you can't take us out. We are essential, the whole universe. And I can see your, your way you're looking at me, Stan, saying, oh, you're saying you're protecting the universe. But then I, I understand the, the, 
that you may be detecting some irony. I don't know how your solid state or whatever it is detects irony, but I don't like it. Uh, but these elites, they said, go back and tell the planet to move, and we'll facilitate the moving. Force an entire planet to relocate uh, to make it more convenient for us to use your planet as a pincushion. I mean, come on, these are poor people. They, they're being the entire planet. And think about the uh, rocks and the minerals. You know, maybe you could identify more with that. I don't know. But they expected us to yield. And, of course, the you know, when we went back there, they weren't having it. And they said, this isn't what the prophecy said. And we said, well, was, was Scooter in the prophecy? They said, no. But they said, we're going to have to force you to act. So if you don't act, we'll destroy what you need. You know, this is this is our situation. We're in need here. Very quickly, another pin's going to be in our pin cushion, which is our planet. And once again, we found a compromise. We said, well, we'll just take one of them out, one of these giants. There'll still be enough giants to do the job. If the job is so important, oh, we're protecting the universe from whatever chaos with particles. I don't know what it was. But we said, oh, they'll still be able to do it, and then they won't mess with the. They'll find another solution. This is the thing. They were, it's more about convenience. That is the deception that was going on. Is this is with this is not my words, but his sister's words. You know, the elites they prefer convenience over you know what is right. Uh, but so we had a solution. We were feeling good about it, and of course we set out to complete the solution. And then of course the fool butts in again, and he makes a last-minute decision uh, to change things up because he worries that it's wrong or whatever. I don't know. He says, well, here's a compromise. You know, when you're on a mission to save the universe, you don't compromise. I, t I tell you that, uh, you complete the mission at all costs if necessary. Uh, so, uh, he screwed that up. I guess is what I'm saying. He decided to change it up in the planet. They said, well, this isn't the, the, and I guess there was another prophecy, and boom, the clue that we could have used was gone forever. And we were stuck with Scooter once again. And, you know, the, these things repeat themselves. It makes you wonder if he knows what he's doing, but only on a subconscious way. Like, oh, my ego needs to be needed. So if I keep keep preventing them from gathering any more clues, it's almost like we're in this perpetual state of repeating. Uh, so that's why we need to put this to a stop, Stan. You, you, you're understanding me. You're able to weigh. Oh, anyway, I will just present my case. I see. I see that blinking. I mean, another example again is that uh, you know we were searching, and then something comes up again, and we find out uh, that there's this. Uh, we get. We can't. We get a hold. We follow that clue. And we hear from these trans-universal powers. Uh, again, like these, these weren't troublemakers. They said, hey, take care of our eggs. And this was another debate we had because we said, well, if we tell, once we figured out these were trans-universal trans beings, or whatever you call it, so they were able to contact us, impossibly to understand time and distance. Uh, even with all the known technologies and, un, you know, even... It's just mind-bending the power to reach across the universes. 
And when we heard about this and we kind of ran some, you know, things and confirmed it, and they said, well, if you get our eggs, we're willing to help you. We had a debate. Do we tell Scooter, this is it? Like, if we get to them, we, I mean, we asked, how do we not screw, how do we not let him screw this up? We, and again, we can't just take control of the ship. We've thought about it, but we know you and the computer would just shut it. We, we realize uh, the limitations of a coup. And, you know, the security protocols are such that uh, we could, but we said, geez, if we, I mean, we thought about it. I'll be honest with you, Stan, because of full honesty, if we would have if completed this mission, we would have figured out a way to reap, we would have, you know, we would be without you, Stan, and Scooter, because we would need you. Because beings that could reach you, we could say, where is Gartok? I'm sure these beings would have said, well, Gartok is at, you know, Beetlegeist 5, you know, eating. And we'd say, can you monitor it? You know, we would have made an even exchange for their eggs. And we would have not only, we wouldn't have had to rely on their goodwill because we would have had their eggs. Uh, and all we need to do is go to the planet, uh, uh, beat this other group there, which of course he, we couldn't do that. So then we got there and we were almost captured. Uh, why? Because we didn't really have a plan at first. Uh, then we managed to get capture some of the eggs, of course. And then the you know the we the parents were unwilling to help us. And then we said, "Holy cow!" I mean, we would we were dismayed. But then there was a strange power the eggs had over us, and we got trapped, and Scooter helped us get away. And then we thought we had it. We thought we had some of the eggs. He was bringing the eggs to us. And this is very painful, but we were unable to escape. We said, well, he's down there, and uh, we have some eggs. If we could get back to the ship, we could get out, get out without him. But then we tried to figure out how we were going to trick you, Stan, in the ship. So we had our chance, and we blew something about the power of the eggs, but we blew it. But we said, well, we'll still have the second chances. You know, we believe in second chances, and I think that's what I'm trying to tell you. You know, we're not, we're on a mission. I don't know how else to keep, I just got to keep repeating that for you. Where he is not doing, he does not know what he's doing. Uh, but of course, we, he, he t also took common sense and j ejected off the ship because we had the eggs. We were escaping from whoever these uh, foolhardy egg, 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 what are they, egg hummers or whatever. But instead of returning the eggs to the parents, Scooter tries to, again, he wants to find this compromise. He says, it's not all or nothing, sister. And I said, fool, this is common sense. We have a mission. Uh, these these beings will help us. He said, what about the eggs? They don't want to be too close to the parents. It's a, he goes, I, and, then, oh. and then he said, I'm command, in command of this ship. And once again, I think it was both by accident and, you know, then we're stuck with it, but we have a petrified egg, which I don't even know where it is. And I said, Scooter, where is that egg? He said, well, the... It's not turning. It's somewhere on the ship, I think. He said, what do you mean you think? And he, he said, he, and then he laughed and said, I got to go check the water purifier. I don't know. But so that was a great opportunity lost. Again, I guess I could find fault with us because we weren't willing to take action early enough.
we left it in his hands because we felt like we were like uh, we're being a poor crew because uh, we don't have a take charge. I mean, I, I, I guess I, I am trying to find a middle ground too. Uh, you know, because I don't want to lose you. We, we could, we, we're stuck with him, I guess, and you. Uh, but we don't need to be. We could have it. We could have everything. When we could have had, to, we, we, then you would have been able to go on your way if we would have had the trans universal powers. And then we had that incident, another demigod, of course, or whatever powered beings that we discovered. And this was when we knew we need some sort of scooter alternative because he said, well, he found, this is when we found the door to the Natchez and she was on it floating in the vacuum space and perfectly fine. So we take her on board. We confirm it is one of the doors of the Natchez, which uh, is a very important sign. And of course it was like, well, he found this holy mackerel. And poor Sister Mary Ellen, we see, you know, Scooter said, well, I'm going to share the quartermaster quarters with this demigoddess, who, of course, expected to be treated like royalty on our ship. And, uh, and Sister Mary Ellen monitored, uh, she hid under the bed. I'm sure you know these things. I don't know how you decide what to tell him and not. But Sister Mary Ellen was hiding under the bed, and she had to listen to things. And she said, his, he will talk about nothing forever. And he was doting on her, and they were, you know, coupling. Uh, and, you know, we don't need any details because it's not, you know, it wouldn't take up very much time anyway. His talking takes up most of the time. Uh, but what we couldn't figure out with her, we knew she had powers, and we knew she was with the Natchez or the door of the Natchez, but this was a mystery to us, so we decided to act patiently and try to let the events unfold. And even as we monitor her with Scooter, we couldn't tell if she was really experiencing memory loss or she was an excellent liar or there was something, you know, she was being very... We didn't know what she really wanted. Uh, but we did realize she wanted to be placated, and she kept giving us a little tasks to complete to placate her, and that would help her recover her memory. And we started to feel like we were going down this road of appeasement, which is no good, as you probably, your memory banks may not may or may not know. Uh, but, we, you know, it felt like he wanted to appease her. And it felt like an endless, it felt like trouble, you know what I'm saying? I guess you, you probably do. And it quickly became apparent that she was uncontrollable and unpredictable and very dangerous because of her power, but also uh, holding a clue. And we were again saying, how can, with, with Scooter and with her power, we needed to get, we were willing, I guess, to appease a little bit more, but we weren't comfortable with it uh, to find out what she knew. And she was talking about the poles and something being hidden. And again, we looked at brain, but we, we were dealing with the humanoid, the demigoddess or whatever you want to call it yourself. I don't know how your computers and, uh, you know, powered being, whatever it is. They can survive in, you know, humanoid, they can survive in the vacuum of spaces. And I'm sure it goes beyond oxygen. You don't got to explain it to me because his skin was perfect. 
uh, but we didn't know. Again, we were we were stuck debating it, and uh, uh, but Scooter took took care of it for us. He uh, defied her. He got impatient and decided, oh, we can't just keep appeasing her, killing bacteria. I mean, bacteria. The universe is full of it. Uh, some bacteria may be harmed in an attempt to save the uh, all living creatures. Again, don't roll your your computerized soda buttons at me, Stan. Uh, but once again, Scooter saves the day uh, by making it worse so that he can randomly pull us out of it. And we end up... Uh, uh, I mean, at that point, we had the door, so there, there was, like, the one good thing we were able to do, it, and I pushed Carol Ann over what I was saying, uh, that this meant, you know, that we need to be rid of him. And, uh, I mean, that was such a, like, all these opportunities. I guess this is what I'm saying to sum everything up. We, we had someone on board and who we were working with. It may have not been glamorous. I mean, it was glamorous for Scooter. From what we, we, we could have, Sister Care, what could be recounted. Uh, but, you know, we, we could have just kept, I don't understand. He, he, we were happy to have him placating and placated as long as we were recovering our memories. That was something we, would ne- we never got to the bottom of. And who knows what will come of that, like with the ice giants or whatever. Then we had giant universal, you know, elites uh, pestering another planet, which is wrong. Uh, the planet that was sown into the prophecy that we would come and they would help us uh, go on to our mission. You know, it was much more clear than Scooter lets on. It was, you know, I mean, yes, you could say, oh, prophecies are easily projected upon your own meaning. But it seemed pretty clear that that planet could have helped us on a mission to find the Natchez. Uh, but, of course, he said, well, what about, the, you know, he chooses, uh, he chooses whatever, his, his sense, not common sense, not mission sense. And that's what, I mean, we, we are, the, this is a ship on a mission. The Monte Carmelo is not a recreational ship. Uh, it is a ship on a mission. And uh, then we had, you know, again, these eggs that we could have kept on board. And, you know, we could have had trans, you know, universal power. And I guess I can see the way you're looking at me, Stan. I'm, I'm even having trouble wrapping up. And, and the sisters are going to be so upset with me. Please don't ever play this for him or his pen pal or the sisters. I know I've already... But let me just try, please, for two more minutes. So he, where was I? Oh, with the eggs, a trans-universal power. Then we would have set Scooter free and you, and we would have, the mission could have been completed. They could have just checked the whole universe. I don't know how they would have done it. And yes, I can see you saying, you know, we've made plenty of assumptions about what the powers could be. Uh, but again, why couldn't we have just kept their eggs on board and then said, hey, tell us where the Natchez is and then we'll give you your eggs or put them where you want them. And then the thing with the desert planet, uh, that was just bad timing. We almost had Scooter. It was underestimating the power of the desert planet uh, to uh, 
you know, their military industrial complex is very developed, I guess, from selling desserts. Uh, but yeah, in summary, we've made a terrible, we made many errors. And I can tell you're already going to rule. I mean, what about someone other than me? What about a third party? What about this Sten? We hire a captain. You, you, you may have determined that sisters and I are too, you know, we're too focused on the mission and that we'd, we'd put the risk of the ship and the mission. I, I know I'm talking myself out of this argument, you know, that we're pushing the mission. By pushing the mission, we're pushed, putting the mission at risk. We've had these arguments, the sisters and I. Um, oh, boy. I mean, what about hiring a captain? What do you think about that, Stan? Are you rebooting, or is this just your, your methodology of, uh, is this a mediation or an arbitration? Okay, you're not even answering me. I won't, re I, I guess I need to withdraw. Am I at risk if I, like, if I am at risk of losing my command, aren't I? Oh, boy, he's not saying anything. This, uh, and Stan, I do have great respect for you. Uh as a software interface and soda machine. Could, could, could I have a soda, please? An orange Sprite. Thank you, Stan. I will drink this in sorrow and embarrassment that I fear. I don't think there was any argument to be made, I guess. I was... Stan, what do you think about us completing our mission with this scooter? Can he be refined? Or compensated? Or... You're not going to. Well, I'll just drink this soda. Uh, thank you. Uh, this is my report uh, uh, to Stan uh, on behalf of the uh, commanding former, command, I mean, ranking officer. Well, not even rank. Former, the captain of the Montica Mello and the crew. Thank you uh, for listening to my presentation. Uh, good, good evening. I want to say thanks and goodnight to the supporters on Patreon, Rachel S. Thanks and goodnight, Lois P. Thank you and goodnight, Bethany W. Thank you and goodnight, Lauren S. Thank you and goodnight, Richard H. Thank you and goodnight, Jose H. Thank you and goodnight, Virginia E. Thank you and goodnight, Kristen M. Thank you and goodnight, uh, Bill A. Thanks and goodnight, Jacqueline G. Thanks and good night, Jason C. Thank you and good night. Caitlin S. Thank you and good night. Julie B. Thank you and good night. Marty E. Thanks and good night. Ross M. Thank you and good night. Uh, Jasper V. D. K. Thank you and good night. Suzanne K. Thank you and good night. Leticia D. Thank you and good night. John K., thank you and good night. Daryl J., thank you and good night. Jessica B., thank you and good night. Amanda B., thank you and good night. Rhonda B., thank you and good night. Uh, Allison H., thanks and good night. Melissa B., thank you and good night. Delia N., thank you and good night. Uh, Marissa D., thank you and good night. Janie L., thank you and good night. James T., thank you and good night. Esther, thank you and good night. Christine M., thank you and good night. Mary H., thank you and good night. Kathleen E., thanks and good night. And Caitlin D., thank you and good night. Uh, over on PayPal, I want to thank Michael, Melanie H., uh, Jillian T., 
Stephanie L, Diane S, Anna G, Sean M, thanks and good night. Uh, Carol C, Susie S, uh, thanks and good night. Elizabeth E, thanks and good night. Nancy P, thank you and good night. Robin G, thank you. Uh, Kai M, thank you so much and good night. Aisha, thank you so much and good night. Uh, Gregory H, thank you so much and good night. Autumn, thank you and good night. Karen G, thank you and good night. Matt Z, thank you and good night. Uh, Kurt W, thanks and good night. Eric C, thanks and good night. Samuel K, thank you and good night. Susan C, thank you and good night. Maura R, thanks and good night. Katrina K, thanks and good night. Benjamin R, thanks and good night. Uh, Noreen M, thanks and good night. Alphonse S, thanks and good night. Rachel G, thanks and good night. And Shannon P, thank you so much and good night. And then on Venmo, thanks to Jennifer S, thank you and good night. Jeremy B, thank you and good night. Jonathan M, thank you and good night. Sarah A, thank you and good night. Lacey C, thank you and good night. And Bill K, the the Prince of Venmo, thanks and good night.